0: And boom goes the dynamite.
1: It's Monday. And you know what that means. It's the boom on Fight Game Media. This is not James McDaniel. This is Kevin Ely actually doing the intro for the first time ever. James is uh, incapacitated. He's got some issues he's dealing with that are far more important than doing a wrestling show right now. We wish him the best. Hopefully we'll get an update very soon when he's ready to give everyone an update. But I have asked good friend... Uh, counterpart, I guess, on another show here on the Fight Game Network. Jeff Hawkins, welcome. Thank you for filling in.
0: Opposite number. a <laughs> number. Yeah. I like oh, so, the, so this is what the free side of Fight Game looks like. <laughs> mm. oh, very, the... very spacious and roomy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
1: yeah we're <laughs> mooching off that Patreon money for you guys. <laughs> I liked a couple of weeks ago when Paul and I did a show together after full gear and james said it was like uh when um arn and bobby teamed together which made him <laughs> which made him sweet stan and made you Tully blanchard so it worked yeah. out pretty well
0: well it, it, i've always said that the problem with the boom and the dynamite show is that we actually need to switch up partners yeah. in some way because we have <laughs> two poly positives and two negatives <laughs> and we just need to kind of temper it all together, which yeah. I you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's why. That's when we do the cross. This is, this is a good step toward that.
0: Look, the biggest throw of my week is, is when you name drop me on this show. So <laughs>
1: oh, vice versa. I always try to try to throw some your way also though. Well, we'll get to the plugs at the end, but I also yes. listen to you every Saturday morning when I walk my dog on your fight ah. on your, uh, um, on Boys the other territory, the other yeah. territory. Right. Yes which we'll get to. Well, thank it, you. Yeah. I, sp- I appreciate the uh, Christine McVie talk.
0: <laughs> well, uh, uh, we can, we can do a little now if you want to. Yeah, I'll sure. just repeat my <laughs> statement. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's very weird. Cause I, I'm like a late, I think the Fleetwood Mac mm-hmm. in some ways it, it's kind of like, yeah, I, it, it was like a lot like my Steely Dan fandom. It's like you, you realize after a while, oh, I'm actually a fan of this group. I <laughs> yeah. like a lot of these songs, but you also realize that Christine McVie is in a completely different band than Fleetwood yeah, Mac totally. mm-hmm. because Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks are doing these snarky F off. Don't let right. the door hit you on the way out types of songs. Like Christine McVie just wants to be in love and and sing these beautiful love songs yeah. and they're all hits too. Yeah. It's so funny like how many of the like main mainstay top 40 radio hits that Christine McVie actually wrote and her songs are gorgeous. I mean like my yeah. favorite song by Fleetwood Mac is You Make Love and Fun. Mhm. Which, of course, is about her affair with the lighting guy.
1: Right. <laughs> well, she's, it's a little dark in its own, right? It's
0: a little dark in its own, right. But at the same time, it's also totally completely optimistic. yeah. and, and you know that you know her 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 contribution to don't stop is pretty much telling John McPhee, "Hey, yeah, sure it didn't work out, but it'll work out eventually. You know she's right. she's the glowing optimist in this in this cesspool of of anger. And cocaine, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I went down a rabbit hole the weekend, as a lot of people did, and ended up watching a lot of, like, old midnight special performances by them, like, in the 70s. And there was one of uh, Rhiannon, where she went on this, like, wicked organ solo. And I was, you know, like, you would always think of her as, like, the girl with the piano with the rose on it or whatever. Yeah. But no, she could jam with them, too. Like, they were pretty rocking back then.
0: I hadn't realized I'm a big Steve Winwood fan. Oh yeah. And I hadn't realized how much he had contributed to her, uh, self titled album. Oh, really? And so I was listening to a lot of that this weekend. Cause I had never heard it. And other, well, my friends had, and I, you know, I'm like, I'm not that big a Christine McPhee fan, but I yeah. love her in Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And it's really some solid stuff on there in terms of her solo work. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those combustible type, Organizations that you get, and and I always view McVee as kind of the George Harrison, right? From the Beatles, where it's like he's she's just on her own trying to find her own spirituality and love songs while the geniuses are getting all the credit and stuff. I'm really
1: interested in being a rock star, but yeah, it's a vehicle for her to get to do what she wants.
0: But her stuff's always interesting, like Harrison as
1: well. So, yeah, well, thanks for let's talk wrestling, folks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, the big story that just kind of is breaking out. Today, when we're recording this on Sunday, Uh, and probably will a lot more come out by the time people listen to this, but William Regal is not just knocked out in storyline, but he's out, apparently, of AEW. Fightful reported today uh, that, apparently, quote, the deal is done. His deal is over in December. We don't know whether that means he got an out or that he had an out built in, um, or if he just had a... Probably a nine month contract I think he came in in February or March So the Ten month deal doesn't sound quite right to me So I'm sure it's some sort of gentleman's agreement But at any rate It appears he's going home to his buddy Paul Which and uh, frankly I don't Blame him, you can't really begrudge him For wanting to work where he wants to work But um, I don't know, what do you think? Is is, (laughs) Is there a lot to read into this? Or is it just a guy wanting to go back to the place he was happy?
0: Well, his his son is in the PC right now. Yep. So, and look, fathers and sons—it's—it's it's a very—I mean, you have to respect that relationship. I—I'm actually just kind of baffled by Tony Khan here. Yeah. Because if if this is true, that look—if it's expired, if it's now whatever it is, whatever the excuse is. You can't have him on television two weeks after Full Gear. Yeah. You have to write that story off at Full Gear if you knew.
1: Mm-hmm. If you knew. Uh,
0: if you knew, and that—that's the big crux here. Um, do I begrudge him going to back to WWE? No, of course not, because he's going to be—he's going to be a made guy. He's going to have a nice position of power, and he's going to be able to leech off of Triple H. Because they have a very, I mean, as I explained on the boom this, or not on the boom, on, on the Dynamite <laughs> show this week, they've, they've been joined at the hip since like 1992.
1: When, yeah, and I hadn't really thought about that, about how, how far back they really have a bond.
0: Yeah, like Ringo uh, like really looked out for him in WCW when they became a tag team back then before he made the jump to become Hunter Hearst Helmsley when he was still terrorizing. And then when Regal was over in WWE WWF and was having substance abuse problems and stuff, like that, the guy who really stuck up for him and really said, Hey, go get the care. And you know, you'll have a job when you come back. Kind of thing was triple H stood up for him. So I don't begrudge him that it's just, to me, it's, you know, you can be the nice guy and, and you know, let people go where they want to go. Mm. And and, you know, William Regal a well-respected legend. And we all. And right. But Tony Khan, you are in a wrestling war, brother, whether you know it or not. Right. And you just sent a general back to the other army. Yeah. With your plans, with your plans, with a complete knowledge of your entire army and who doesn't like it there and who does like it there. Yeah, who's who's a good young talent that they're really not using enough,
1: and you just built a connection with him in your uh, future biggest star and world champion.
0: Yes, well that's just it. This this entire way that they wrote him off, he is now the emotional crux. Yeah, of the MJF angle, and you're yeah. just like, okay. Well, people should know that he's leaving because they all follow the internet, and everybody's no. in the internet bubble that follows AEW, and then some tuesday he's going to appear on NXT and we're all going to go what
1: right right what do you think about like in general this got me thinking about like in general write offs like back in the day you used someone until they were done you know yes. and you're usually built to a blow off or something like that or clearly they didn't build any blow off they basically just started the thing off and then literally blew it off instead of the the phrase But like, what do you, what is, is Tony like, oh, I just want to get the most out of him while he's here, you know, is it, or is it, is, has the business changed so much now that it's, you know, you don't want to maximize people when you know they're leaving because the value you're going to get out of them here is not going to outweigh the, the cost to you later. I mean, I don't think he'll suddenly become like centerpiece of a WrestleMania storyline or anything next year, but.
0: I think it's strategic how you write yeah. people off because it was always, at least in my fandom growing yeah. up and stuff like that, if somebody's leaving, you beat them at the blow off. Right. And then they leave. And then you understand why they left yeah. or whatever. It's like, that's the end of it. Like, you can do loser leaves town or things like that. But for me, it's it's a lack of planning here yeah, or or lack of knowledge. I I, I can still say that, okay, he may have or brought it up of, after full gear, right? But full gear is the place to write this guy off. If you know these things, because yeah. it's a big pay-per-view it's, you know, and I, I think the knockout thing, while it's an injury and it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, well, we could bring him back later. Mm-hmm. If he ever wants to come back or something like that. But I really think, the simplicity, of, if MJF had turned to Rowan Regal and go, you're fired. Yeah. And and Regal just realizing he's a man without a country. Yeah. And kind of being defeated and having to just maybe just a, a sad shot of him getting his suitcase and leaving the building because he knows he has no friends there anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that would have had emotional resonance the same way and it would have yeah. gotten the point across and it would not have buried Regal at all. You don't need to bury a guy just because he's leaving. Right. I, I don't believe in that, but you do need to beat him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 while this was a way to do it, I mean, now we have Brian Danielson who's looking for revenge for William Regal, mm-hmm. who is never going to appear on AEW television again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the right. and the entire crux of the uh, cru- emotional resonance of this angle is is based on a character who you've written off.
1: Right. Right. How would you have felt about it if last week Moxley just told him to leave and never come back and he left and never came back? Like that was the write-off. Like I have a theory. I I wonder if they did that thinking they could use it. And then I wouldn't be shocked to think someone was backstage and said, oh, we can't, we can't do him like that. Like it's regal. We've got to give him, and he, or maybe he was like, hey, let me help you get your guy over. Or MJF was like, that's not good enough. It seemed almost like they they regretted what they did the week before to me, and well,
0: gave them a more dramatic. Well, last week the problem was MJF wasn't on TV. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that was the problem then. Uh, no, you have to make the connection here, and and you have to you have to tell the why.
1: Yeah, why that, did well, Regal we'll do this? That.
0: And well, we'll never hear this. And that's the other Wednesday.
1: They're going to have expl- explanation of something, but I don't know if that's gonna what that's going to be. With I don't
0: explaining. think that's going to do a good job or do it justice.
1: Maybe maybe MJ will just read another email from him that says goodbye letter.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, or Excalibur explains it in in the rundown for Rampage on right. Friday or whatever. You know, it's yeah. no, it, you you can't. You can try and do this narration. It, it's going to take a hell of a story writer to do it, and yeah. We have haven't it. seen, we have not seen the ability to put together dots like that yeah. from AEW yet.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And to me, it'd be like I wouldn't minded the Moxley going get out of here, but then, it, but then Regal would have needed to go to MJF and Regal and MJF would go, what? I don't need you anymore. I got the yeah. title. Yeah. It, all of it. All of it depends on everybody selling Regal out and saying Regal has no home, right. and then getting him out of there, mm-hmm. which would have been fine. I mean. You do one of two things. Either you beat the guy he's managing and then they all leave together, you know, Mm -hmm. see like Gary Hart and Muda or, you know, stuff like that. Or, or, or you, you figure out a way to switch managers and you find a way to write off the other manager because they're going to a different territory, you know. Uh, you know, you, you sell the horseman to the, uh, K-Tex. yamasaki corporation or whatever it was <laughs> yeah you know and hero matsuda comes in and all of a sudden he's running the horseman um <laughs> and that worked out great oh that was terrible <laughs> kendall Wyndham, big time heel ah uh, <laughs> although i love the the weird amalgamation of like flair the two Wyndhams, michael hayes and butch reed right all right <laughs> i'm here for that but it's still a television show and you're still right. writing off characters. You have to yeah. figure out ways to do this that make yeah. sense and so that you can continue the plot line as well. If you just... Yeah. yeah. You know, I have no problem with you beating up Boggs and Shawshank and sending him off to to the uh, <laughs> to the infirmary where he'd live out the rest of his days. But you gotta tell me that's what happened to him. You know, right. as opposed to he gets beaten by the guards and you never see him again.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I um, I I posted a thing sometime last week, I think when we were talking about it. I have to think it might've been in response to you about that. I'd been thinking this of this image a lot lately of that episode of I Love Lucy, where Lucy and Ethel get a job at the chocolate wrapping factory. Yes. And they start the conveyor belt and the little chocolates come by and their job is to wrap each one in a little, you know, container as it goes by and leave like, Gets it going. And I was just imagining each one of these chocolates is like an episode or a segment of dynamite. And the first like couple of years, they're wrapping it up and they're like, well, oh, this is fine. This will do. And then it just speeds up and up and up. And after a while, they're just stuffing it into their bras to hide the thing. I think that's kind of the state where Tony's in right now. Is he's And, they're just tell- like and, and just critics scrambling. will tell you
0: to shut up because people like chocolate.
1: Right, exactly. Why do you hate chocolate, Joe? Why do you
0: hate chocolate so much? Well, no, that's <laughs> not the point. The point is yeah. the stuff from the conveyor belt isn't being packaged properly. Right. And it's not, you know...
1: Yeah, it's not being packaged at all. It's just being stuffed away. Yeah. Collecting chocolates. Uh, I, I, would You know, at the place I work, we we, um, we have a deal where you give awards to people when they finish three years of working. So they, you know, like anniversary or whatever. And there's a three-year award. And one of the things they talk about is if you've been working at a place that you need, you know, a job that you need to learn like three years is the point where like, you know, 90 days you've been trained a year. You're probably competent three years. You've, you've, um, you've passed the point where you've got all the competence of the role and you've probably done more than that, but you've also run out of your first batch of ideas on how to be good at your job. You kind of came to the end of yourself to like what, what, what we expected to get out of you. And now it's like, what's, what are you really doing? And I think we're kind of at that point, or we're probably eight months past that point with Tony Khan, where, you know, what great bookers in history, they, you know, have what three to five year runs. Usually the great periods are usually only a few years. He's actually doing pretty well in terms of how long he had a good run. And now we're seeing he's kind of at the end of himself where he hadn't – we've seen the extent of how far he can go right now. And I'm interested to see what he can do after this, and hopefully it won't implode because uh, I, I still like the show, and I like being happy about a show. But um, I don't know. Do I, you,
0: I find it interesting your 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 uh, metaphor yeah. there because I'm about to hit three years in my current job. Yeah. And it was a complete career change. Yeah and i was told by the big boss who retired i don't know mm-hmm. if it was forced retirement or not earlier this year it's like it really takes two two and a half years to learn this job yeah and then we see if you sink or swim and i got a bad review last year and i got a great review this year yeah and and my boss goes well what do you think the thing was i go time yeah and learning and letting you know they they say in football on various levels when you go to a different level like high school to college that the game is so fast and it eventually slows down for you. And I don't know if it's slowed down for Tony. No. I don't. Because he's that. decided to put on more stuff with ROH mm-hmm. and different shows and, it's, and he wants to be a control freak a bit. And I don't think he has a lot of great help around him, to be honest with you. No. I think he has a lot of guys who either know WWE or know the indies. Yeah. But they don't really. I mean,
1: yeah, they don't know what this is. No, there's
0: does. not a font of information for Tony to go to, except for people who have been in previous positions in other companies that haven't done as well, right? Or or are the enemy or the thing you don't want to do, right? So
1: or it's, just working their own agenda.
0: Now, now, what is this note on here? EC3 has said that the, that there was a maturity problem. I have oh, not he heard.
1: He did of this. a so he did an interview. I I forgot to write down where it was, but he was asked about Regal and he said that um, last March when Regal signed up that he had heard, and this is EC3. So grain of salt. Yes. Um, that he had heard that Regal was telling his friends uh, that he pretty much had buyer's remorse immediately for signing with AEW and described it as saying that there was a maturity problem in the leadership of AEW. Now, it's EC3, so you have to, you know, weigh that, that, but at the same time, that sounds completely credible.
0: That sounds also very familiar. Yeah. From a certain gentleman from Chicago. Right. A maturity
1: problem is, is is a much lovelier way to say that you work with effing children. Yes. And it's literally the same thought.
0: It is. But we don't know who he's talking about, what, be it Tony or be it right. be it EVPs yeah. or Kenny. Right. The best, or Kenny.
1: The most charitable reading of that <laughs> is this company doesn't have their crap together yet, and I came from a place that was a well-oiled machine, and I yes. much preferred the well-oiled machine. I'm not interested in being an entrepreneur. I'm not interested in a startup. I, I'm too tired for that. I want to go a place where I can find talent and develop them with a great system.
0: And and in his defense, I mean you're right, Regal came from a place where it's like there is a vision and it is this one guy's vision and you need to do it as he said, or you're out of there. Yeah. Here it's a virtual hippie commune. Right. Oh, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to and look, yeah. the problem is look, WWE overscripts the hell out of everything. Right. We, we, that, that's their main drawback. But on the indies, where do you learn television? Where do you learn promos week to week? Where I mean, you're not coming to 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 Charlotte in a studio on a Tuesday and cutting thirteen local promos for the match you're about to do. Right. You're not you're not going to Techwood Drive on Saturday mornings at eight AM, you know, to do a thirty second squash and a ninety second promo every week. You're not doing four months worth of taping where you know your story and you know your character and you know where to go to, so you have to cut three different promos in the course of over four hours. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so what you get is a lot of guys who really don't know a lot of things uh, combined with this weird Wes Anderson-like ironic energy... Where everybody knows it's fake, so we shouldn't take it seriously. And it's also whimsical.
1: Right, right. But also and I deadly think people serious. You can
0: have a problem with that too and view that as immature.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like it's just wrestling, guys, and we're making a lot of money. So shut up and just enjoy the ride type of a thing. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay. But for me, one of the big problems is you know, like you listen to the commentary and nobody's taking it seriously. Not even JR on Rampage anymore. They're all oh, just know. cutting jokes and yep. stuff like that. It's it's driving me a little nuts. They're honest. trying
1: to pop each other. Yes. And it started. It was it started in Dark and Elevation where they would just sort of call it like a afternoon baseball game, and instead of like a college football game, and now it's just infected everything. Yes. And Taz, this they've like all these in jokes where they call everything something Jones. Now have you been picking up on that? Yes. And. Oh yeah they know
0: and the, and then on on the on the on the uh lower tier shows on youtube now it, it's it's menard and and big show just going nuts right <laughs> and which, i love i love Matt I Menard which yeah
1: i which I'm conflicted about because they do make me laugh,
0: they make me laugh, but the point of the show is to build these people to be ready for prime time. And I right. think they've lost that a lot. Instead they're just okay, we got more product here. Let's put it on.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a golden corral buffet. It's a <laughs> lot of food of low quality.
1: <laughs> yep. All right. Well where do you think Regal ends up?
0: NXT, head of the think, PC. You think that's where he was? Yes. Cause was, he was he was a made guy there and they loved him and he had yeah. he had a certain schoolmaster, mm-hmm. you know, credibility whenever he came on screen and then that was what the NXT vibe was. It was, you know, NXT high school slash NXT university. Right. And here's the headmaster yeah. who needed to come in. If, if students the were Dumbledore getting
1: the of, of NXT.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, I think, I think he enjoys the mentorship part of it. I think mm-hmm. he and Robbie Brookside and, uh, and Norman Smiley all mm-hmm. really enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, as long as they can get along with the XDX people,
1: I was going to say, "Is this who an have terrible for Sean? instincts, all of them?" Yeah. Does the Sean get demoted now?
0: Uh no. I think they coexist, and and well, I I honestly think Sean has one foot out the door. Yeah. I don't think he's made for management.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's probably a safe guess. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, I think he's. I think he wouldn't mind being a creative consultant, but. I think if Regal came back, I think I think if Sean could get a high price contract to give his input on things, yeah. If he doesn't have responsibility, he'd give that up in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, just that's just a, a personal spots. opinion,
0: not knowing anything, but that's me. Maybe just work with some projects. Yeah, help help book the big matches. You know, mm. here's what you need to do in this spot. You know, you have to do the oh my god face right here. <laughs> you know those types of things you know setting the theatrical tone to things which they love to do there you know he has his high points don't get me wrong yeah but i i think i mean if you watched nxt this past week I, i think he lacks a little in the it's he has a charisma but he has the wrong kind of charisma for management on nxt yeah
1: He has the wrong kind of charisma. Not to quote punk, but the wrong kind of charisma for managing a target. Like, if you had that guy, he's just walking around all zany everywhere. Like, if he worked in any professional setting, I'd be like, how'd this
0: guy get his job? Hey, it's Margaret Dumont in the Marx Brothers movies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I don't believe what's happening here.
1: (laughs) All right. Any other thoughts on Regal before we move on?
0: Uh, Not on Regal, Uh, the MGF segment.
1: We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. I do want to plug. Yes. The Patreon show. Your main, your main gig here at Fight Game Media. Every Wednesday night, I usually listen to it. I usually get to it before I go to bed.
0: Oh, um, you're a late, late bedtime uh, guy. It's li-
1: well, it's it's that fast. You guys like tape right after Dynamite. You and Paul yes. Fontaine.
0: It's hot takes.
1: Hot takes. Very. Uh, it, if I can take the best show and make me feel bad about it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's
0: not true.
1: It does bring me back to earth. I, I, uh, it one of you know, as a if you're listening to this show, you're probably a wrestling fan who likes to watch wrestling and likes to talk about it even more. And so, when I watch Dynamite, I want to hear about it. And usually, I'm sitting there talking to my headphones, uh, when you guys are doing takes. <laughs> um, so yeah. $5 a month, patreon.com slash fight game media, get the dynamite show, uh, usually a counterpart for that show for just about every kind of pro wrestling or mixed martial arts or boxing that you want. Um, we just did a hall of boom show a couple weeks ago for the Patreon. James McDaniel and I, uh, it was a pretty epic show. We broke it up into two 90 minute episodes for the Thanksgiving break, um, uh, did our own takes for that. Um, had guest spots from many fight game guests Jeff, you were unable to do it, but you're making up for it today So I appreciate yes. that um, And uh, subscribe to the Fight Game Media YouTube channel as well Where we uh, take little snippets and uh, post them up there And also YouTube only shows um, powerbomb shells, which I love From their takes also You get a variety of opinions here We were just told uh, on Twitter the other day That all fight game media people have bad takes Who Uh, said that? I appreciate that. I'll have to look it up. It was somebody responding to Paul, which which he then replied to by tagging everybody who does a show for Fight Game Media. I think. uh, I got
0: news for you. You can go to some of my other territories.
1: (laughs) 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 There's a variety of takes. I'll put it that way. All right. So this weekend is the Ring of Honor final battle.
0: know know that
1: I don't know if you're aware of that, but there's a pay per view this weekend. Yes. I have tickets to this pay per view. And this is the first time in many years that I've bought tickets and thought, Why did I do that? <laughs> I know I'm gonna have fun. I know I'm gonna enjoy it. I've got a good company, I'm gonna meet up with some people down there. Um and it's and it's actually nice for me, that's about a three, three and a half hour drive. So actually like having a three in the afternoon pay per view where I, like get up in the morning, drive down, have lunch, watch a pay per view, drive home and in bed by ten, like that's actually a Pretty good deal, but That's it'd be solid. a lot better if they had FTR Briscoes again,
0: <laughs> or if they had the Briscoes anywhere on this call,
1: right? Yes. So, where do you want to start on? Did Ring you see of any Honor?
0: of that Rock and Roll Express match?
1: I only saw a couple of uh, little clips.
0: Okay. It was and, a fun uh, time. Let's put it that I, way. I
1: I love that they put that they put over the Rock and Roll Express, uh, and I also hate it.
0: There is no use for Ring of Honor in twenty twenty two. No, I, I'm sorry to tell people that I'm sorry for people who are loyal to this brand, but it outlived its usefulness like a lot of things. Yeah. And it's, this is, yeah. I, I'm seeing here now, 3,600 seats, 1,800 sold. That's
1: pathetic. Yeah. Right. Even if I wanted to sell my tickets, I don't know if I could.
0: No, you couldn't, you couldn't get face value no. for them at least. Nope. Uh, the one good thing they did was the Juice Robinson promo. Told you who he was, why he was there, and what he was going to do. That's all I need in a promo.
1: Yeah. So I know who he is now. It made complete sense. Yes. I've been a big deal in Japan. If I'm going to be a big deal in the United States, I've got to get some wins. I got to get on TV and I got to take on the king of television.
0: I need more video promos. I need more music videos. I need more cheesy workout videos. I need all these in my life. (laughs) Yes, You have an entire film company at your disposal. Do right. something.
1: And when they do them, they're pretty good. Yes. I mean, mean, the, How long the, was that, 30 seconds?
0: Yeah. I mean, I always think about... <laughs> I was a big Smoky Mountain fan. And they, they'd always hype the wild bunch coming into Smoky Mountain, which was, I believe, Joel Deaton and Billy Black. <laughs> I think. And Billy yeah. Black was just you doing like somersault sentons yeah. and it was to the tune of Born to be Wild. And, yeah. and it just got me hyped to see them in a match. That's all I want. Right. I want highlight re- reels for people you're bringing in so I know who the hell they are. I, I, You know, this was great and simple and to the point. I loved it. Yeah.
1: And they used footage from the uh, Moxley match which was the most boring John Moxley yes. match in years uh, and made it made him look like an ass kicker.
0: Speaking of boring.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And people who you would not think are exciting, but are. Mm-hmm. Jake Hager's gotten his hat over.
1: He has gotten his hat over.
0: And Claudio needs to wear a hat because that's the only way he's going to have any personality. Did you whatsoever. catch
1: the pitch that they threw at Claudio for the name of their tag team? No. Okay. So, you know, Claudio, they have the segment backstage with Renee. They're talking trash and they're just, you could tell.
0: They're, they they're no editing plan. the hell out of this yeah. thing.
1: And they're just throwing out stuff and they probably cracked each other up and had to cut and things like that. Uh, Hager's got his second hat and throws it at Claudio. Yes. He's like, a hat's going to work on you. Like, this is going to be great. And I think it was Menard who said, hat trick. <laughs> and Angelo Parker's like, that's the name.
0: Hat that's trick. the name. Hat trick.
1: And I'm kind of a, here it, for that. Instantly, I picked who I wanted to win that main event.
0: Yes! <laughs> it's the more interesting choice. It's to make Claudio a member of the JAS, even though yeah. the entire roster of AEW is JAS in some way. Right. Uh, right. Yes. It's all sports entertainment light. Yes. Um, Which is a problem in and of itself. But, yes, if they've now made it so that... Claudio winning the world title—we've seen that. Right. We haven't seen Claudio in a hat. <laughs> right. <laughs> which okay? Which do you want to see now? Okay. Right. Cool. You which know, because
1: longtime fans of Claudio should appreciate because if there's one thing about Claudio is you put him in a tag team, they're going to upgrade their gear. Yes. He's always got the best clothes.
0: The bar was fantastic. The yeah. uh, we the people. That was some right. great gear that they had. That, that that gimmick sucked, but the but the gear was awesome. Yeah.
1: His gear is always on point. The the Blackpool Combat Club gear went took a took an upgrade. They got the nice little track jackets. Is that, that on fifty so percent sale
0: yet on AEW? I, yet I don't is, know. I'm pretty that might buy some. I love the I track a- jacket.
1: I bought a Blackpool Combat Club sweatshirt when they first came out. but oh, it was did you? That's summer, not collector's and item. And it's been sitting in my closet the whole time. And I was yeah. so excited to wear it to an AJ. And now it's show. expired. Now it's
0: Can't expired. Can't watch. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll just like put some duct
0: tape. It's like your on Y2 AJ movie. shirt. <laughs>
1: yeah. My-
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of. <laughs> Look, it's not time for Jericho to lose. Right. So why should he? And you haven't built up anybody who's worth beating him, which is right. the same problem you have with, say, Jade Cargill.
1: Exactly. And they've tra- they've transitioned from him wanting to destroy Ring of Honor and its legacy to now becoming the greatest Ring of Honor champion of all time. <laughs> that's that's okay, the Sure. Using now. Yeah.
0: And the rest of this card. Yeah, uh, I'll t- I'll get to the end. I'll go from most thing I'm not interested in to thing I'm interested in. All right, Garcia versus Yuta. Who cares? Seriously, who cares? This yeah, feud yeah. stinks. Yeah, uh, Leon Swer versus Shane Taylor oh, and JD God. Griffey.
1: Okay, I don't know JD Griffey from a hole in the ground.
0: Neither do I. And I, I didn't know up. Shane Taylor until until okay. Renee turns and goes, "Hey, it's former ROH TV champion Shane Taylor."
1: They, I will say, at least he came in and explained <laughs> himself. You and I used to tag together. You left me just like you left Swerve, and we have unfinished business. He at least explained
0: it. Yes, but it's just good because for someone explains
1: something doesn't like mean Paul it Fontaine. makes sense, right? I would, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, I guess. Hey, remember six years ago when you left me? Me. No. No. (laughs) You own the ROH library. Why don't you show me that?
1: Right. I'm not very familiar with Shane Taylor. I know there are people who are fans of his during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shane Taylor Productions, I believe, was his gimmick. That's all I know about him. And it got me wondering if they were going to try to, and it may just be the name, Because I don't know anything about how Shane presents himself or what JD JD Griffith Griffith seems like he's like an MMA gimmick. Okay. Uh, like so he seems pretty straightforward. But my first thought was, are they going to try to recreate a hit row type thing with Swerve by bringing some people around him? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. I hope not too. I'm actually. (laughs) I don't care if it's better than hit row. It's
0: still derivative.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm honestly am just more interested if Keith Lee decides a, a heel Keith Lee and Sword yes. team going yes. back and reclaiming their titles and going on a ass kicking run. I would be here for
0: where they just become killers, man. Yeah, and Keith Lee is the big guy who just comes in murder deaths. People, yes. I'm yes. here for that. I would. Love I've been that. waiting for that ever since he I saw him in the Indies, and he, I was like, all right, I love him doing you know moon salts and flips and you know the small guy stuff. I want to see him throw a forearm like Vader. (laughs) That's all I want to see him do. I want to see him beat up a guy. And I haven't seen that yet. He's graceful for his size. I get it. Mm -hmm. Now I want to see if he's tough for his size. And I have yet to really see that. Yeah. And Keith Lee.
1: When they tried to make him do that in WWE, everyone complained.
0: Oh, Well, they didn't really do it in WWE.
1: Yeah, and there's a big difference between playing big man and Vader
0: yeah form. they never really give him the tough guy in wwe either it's, yeah they gave him the nickname bearcat and right. well, <laughs> ftr it's gonna be the ass boys right it's gotta for, be one of the tag titles be. here's what it i'm might worried be... about
1: oh, i'm worried ahead. that uh that yes it will be the gun club um at, at final battle but that will lead to a four-way match uh, either a winner is coming or later where FTR, the acclaimed Jarrett and lethal and the gun club are in one, each in one corner. That's how
0: they like defending their tag title. So yeah. I would, I, I think that's going to happen, unfortunately. And I yeah. hate it. I hate it too. I think this, I think a one-on-one match between FTR and the gun club might be sneaky good. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're doing like Arn and Tully versus a, a heelish rock and roll express midnight rockers type of thing.
1: Right. But again, Um, as but this entire But this
0: entire angle was was hot shot on Friday for Wednesday. Right. And we know that there's not gonna be a clean finish on Wednesday. So I just it's
1: if there is, I'll be shocked.
0: (laughs) There is. It better be FDR going over the acclaim. That's all I'm saying. I I like the acclaim. They're good kids.
1: Yeah, but Uh, they don't need the titles to be that.
0: No, they don't. Ran into uh Anthony Bones at my gym this week. That was interesting. Okay, you said he uh, was
1: uh, big on the upper body workout.
0: He was because well because David said <laughs> oh, it looks like he's shrinking. And I'm just watching I've been starting to laugh, but like Sean Ross goes, No, go ahead and say hi to him or whatever. I'm like, oh, I don't want to right now because all I'm, I'm doing is laughing, watching him work out. I'm uh,
1: assuming I'm assuming that um you probably respected his space and did not.
0: I did. Uh, I'm not that guy. I'm not did, a, I'm not did a star. Did you see ever. anyone
1: else recognize him and or try to scissor him?
0: No. I, the, the, the times I've been in the gym with wrestlers, there are three that I know of that I've run into at 24 Hour Fitness here in the Los Angeles area, mm. and nobody has recognized him. Him, Fred Rosser, and Joey Ryan, pre-speaking out.
1: Yeah. they're
0: all pretty, And nobody recognized them.
1: Yeah. They're all pretty
0: normal-looking dudes. Yeah. In a gym they're anyway. buff. I mean, they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Um And, and now the of, one I'm actually interested in.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of Vader forearms.
0: Mercedes versus Athena. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Especially this version of Athena, which is the I, most interesting she's been in five years.
1: I can't believe how excited about Athena I am right now.
0: I can't either, because it, it, I have I have been colored by people in WWE. Yeah. Um, both creative and talent. So these are two different people who have mm-hmm. told me this. They love Athena, uh, Ember Moon, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the goddess name she used to use? Mm-hmm. The uh, fallen goddess. No, no, no. I was thinking of her name on the Indies before she got signed by WWE. Couldn't think of it. Anyways, very sweet, very nice. Some of the worst creative instincts you could ever think of. <laughs> Bad on promos. Yeah. Bad when she rewrites her promos. Yep. would pitch things always involving like the Undertaker. Okay, you
1: know to like, get literally the, the Undertaker like, or like like the Undertaker.
0: Well, like like well, no, with the Undertaker because she's oh, a werewolf. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> I need to be with the Undertaker here, right. and everyone's like, "You, you're ridiculous." Here's a game controller. You're right. a gamer now, or whatever. What it is? <laughs> I love Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. Mercedes Martinez is part of one of my favorite stables ever. Trifecta in Shimmer with her, Nicole Savoy and Shayna Baszler. They were fantastic. She just just exudes mean whenever she comes out. And I love that. Yeah. So this is two women just forearming the crap out of each other. (laughs) Yeah. Give it to me, man. I am here for that.
1: Yeah. Hopefully hopefully they won't do too much brawling outside or something like that. Cause it seems like Mercedes had bad luck with that this year
0: in a world of Anna Jays <laughs> and sky blues
1: yes,
0: and people who are doing gymnastics. Yeah. And you know, weird, you know, <laughs> weird choreography. Just give me two women who just want to beat the crap out of each other. That's all I ask for.
1: It's weird that Mercedes, how, how long, she, she's been on TV, maybe 15, 20 seconds during this whole buildup.
0: Has she, she even out. been that on TV? Because I haven't seen her.
1: She, Athena, when, when a, Athena was beating someone up, Mercedes came out to save her.
0: Okay, I like, missed that. Stand or- that. Or I think it rampage. was a rampage. I think it it was, was a ramp. ramp- yeah. It had to be a rampage. It was I'm literally like her it.
1: coming out, and then they didn't say anything after that. And then, like two weeks later, they announced the match. It's weird that a was Athena... Mercedes
0: a baby face or a heel before all this. That's what I can't remember. I don't even remember. I don't remember. Shades Who'd of gray. Beat? Shut up. Who she beat? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I don't even remember who she beat to get that title, but
0: because you remember she was aligned with. Um Brit for a while, right? Or she was hired by no she was she hired was, by Serena Deeb, somebody? She
1: was no she was hired by Brit, I think, to to go against Thunder Rosa, and then they beat they beat each other up so much they became friends.
0: Yeah. And then literally. she
1: then she teamed with Thunder Rosa. Thanks and for then, kicking
0: uh, my ass. You're now my friend.
1: Yeah, and then she won the R.O.A. title and disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> I know you could do something fun with her but no I don't nah. know. I I hope this doesn't mean they're they're getting rid of her because it, see, this this show seems to be the um the official takeover I don't I can't remember if there was a show like this on uh I, I, this is becoming more and more like the WWE relaunch of ECW where it's just this sort of shadow of the thing that You know, just kind of. I'll I'll
0: give you another one. It it feels like the the UWF unification show with Crockett, where they just beat everybody from UWF. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, Nikita Koloff is. Like the the, only. I think Terry
0: Taylor was the only one who may have won. (laughs) Yeah. Or been competitive. I don't remember, but I remember everybody else got beat.
1: Right. Well, that that really does feel that way because it it was you know gosh, it really does. Now you're stirring up a lot of emotions because I, I, I was a UWF kid yeah. growing up. You know That was when I got into wrestling as a preteen. Uh, UWF Mid-South was the bomb. And it's where my dad took me to like every couple of weeks. And one of the big shows you could. So, you know, back then you didn't really know what was going on, but you could tell something was off. Why is Dusty Rhodes showing up all the time? Where? Why is Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner here? Why is and, uh, Bubba our champ? Why is Bubba our champ? Right. <laughs> Had no idea. And the big blow off that's effectively the end of UWF as we knew it was, uh, what was it a July 11th, the myriad in Oklahoma city, Steve Williams finally wins the UWF world title after a year and a half long storyline of him going after Terry Gordy, the one man gang finally wins the title by beating big Bubba Rogers. And sure, it was great. There were a lot of people there. He came out to Born in the USA, and Barry Switzer walked into the ring, and it was a big deal. But it was Big Bubba. It was, not, it was not the story. It was not the story you wanted. And so Claudio Cesaro versus Jericho for the Ring of Honor world title is not Ring of Honor. And I don't have an attachment to Ring of Honor. I don't have—I don't care if it's still around or not. I like it if they're gonna buy it, I thought then great, make a title where it's the pure rules and you can have this little niche title running around. But I've no desire or need to see another show.
0: And now we have the difficult thing of having a, a company within a company. Right. On the T V and it's annoying.
1: Right. You're doing Because you're...
0: it it's like you have a minor league promotion in there with a major league and nobody wants to see the Ring of Honor stuff to be honest with you. To right. me at least cuz AEW is a bigger brand. That's the one everybody's putting their emotional investment in. Yeah. Ring of Honor's not going to beat WWE in anything. Ring of Honor could probably barely beat Impact if we wanted it to. No, well, a, no yeah. no disrespect to Impact and the fans there who all love it.
1: <laughs> all 44 of them.
0: All 40 of them.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, 1800 seats sold. Impact would probably sell are you gonna be front row center then? You gonna see on TV? No, but I might just go sit in an empty seat. I don't know if my my seats <laughs> Do are it! Low. Yeah, I might just go up there just to fill. I'll wear my peppermint fatty shirt just to represent James.
0: Look, I, I want you to heckle Rick Okay. <laughs> who I don't like. No, nothing personal. It's just he's so yeah. bland. <laughs> No, uh, you know, it's, 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 there will be more people for PWG's Battle of Los Angeles than this Ring of Honor pay per view, probably.
1: I bet there will be. What is what is that theater seat usually? Oh,
0: it doesn't seat 3,600. There's no way that's yeah. true. So never mind. 1,500? But there's more buzz for it.
1: Yeah. Probably
0: more excitement, energy. Yeah. Hot tech. I just, I, I don't understand this. We're, we're, we're doing this because he's nostalgic for his message board days, but nobody, there's a reason Ring of Honor failed. Right, right. It was a and it was, good promotion. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and and you could always just sit on it. Yes. Like just, you own it, that's fine. Own it, take the property. Anytime, you could have someone, you know, do like they did with, um, what's his name? Gresham. And just let him tour with it.
0: And, you know, <laughs> not anymore, but yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: well, yeah, but just, uh,
0: you know, like you don't have to keep pushing it, but let's I, say Ring of Honor does get a TV deal, so he's going to be booking. Is he going to want one show or two shows for Ring of Honor? So this is what, six oh shows gosh. he'd have to book, right? He, he's right. overextended as it is. I I just, it's one of those things where it's like all quality across the board is going to suffer if he gets a TV deal for Ring of Honor. And it's not going to be able to survive, quite frankly.
1: No. Yeah. And turn
0: elevation into Ring of Honor and then let's just move on. Sure. I've thought
1: of it where if they were to start doing double taping, let's say they do two tapings a week, you could do a YouTube show and a dynamite on a Wednesday. And probably start doing where you have YouTube has like one featured match a week. That's like a, you know, a show that TV worthy match. And the rest is like showcase matches and things like that. Squashes.
0: I would do like the NWA. I would do a studio show with 50 people in the bleachers. Yeah. Cut a lot of promos. Get these people over. Mm -hmm. Build them as stars. Mm -hmm. And if you can build them as stars and bring them or you can port them over to AEW and they can cut promos there too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was I mean, my they... problem with that was my problem with the COVID shows was they decided to do wrestling shows instead of build personalities, which they desperately need and they still need. Right. Instead, <laughs> they wanted to do good wrestling in empty stadiums, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, fine. Hey,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, we got pineapple Pete, so. <laughs> What are what that guy's doing now?
0: Uh, well, let's see. I'll look it up. You go on <laughs> okay. to your next topic.
1: All right. Uh, I think we. We'll... Yeah, FTR might be on the show, might not. Who knows we'll if Dalton it. Castle, Colt Cabana, or uh, Briscoe's will be on the show. I'm going to be really sad if the Briscoes are not included on the Ring of Honor show. Heck, bring back the Rock and Roll Express.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean they just had a hell of a weekend down, down in uh Dorton, the Dorton Arena. <laughs> Let's see. It looks like uh it looks like he's doing all sorts of indies right now.
1: Is we'll he doing it out. as pineapple Pete or his uh, real no
0: as sugar dunkerton, sugar I think. Dunkerton. Okay.
1: Sug D. Sug D. I hear he's a good guy. All right, so uh we have a segment that's the usually the main thrust of our show, um, our heat index. And usually that's I'm making a list, and then James is telling me how he disagrees with it. All right. Um, uh, you threw together a list. I put together a list. We can stick to the list. We can just uh, bounce around however you want. Um, you can go in order or just uh, talk about whichever you want to talk about.
0: I'm I'm cool with whatever. If you want to go first, go ahead
1: uh you you tell me yours you tell me you tell me yours
0: all right five was tough because i almost put cole carter here because i really liked him in that darby on match. you too but but yeah. uh i absolutely adore this second tier heel stable of jeff Jarrett, Jay lethal sanjay and satnam Singh. they're great they're great at what they do nobody likes them which yeah. makes it outstanding even more <laughs> They're both very, very good. Still, Jeff Jarrett at his age and Lethal has been a solid, underrated MVP for this Lethal company. Is so
1: good. Every time I see him, I'm thinking
0: makes guys so look good. like a million bucks, and then everybody yeah. cry. Hey, look, I I understand the speaking out allegations. I find them somewhat different than the other ones because not really criminal activity, more you know, just
1: unpleasant bad
0: activity. That's, but yeah. but I mean. Judging from the on-screen product. He makes people look great. Yes, and he's been an underrated MVP for this company for this entire year to be honest with you um, yep. and and Jarrett is just Jeff, yeah, Jarrett's, Jeff Jarrett's just Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. He's catching people doing dives kind of, um, kind, of. <laughs> kind of
1: yeah, what'd you think of that private party match?
0: uh I, I actually enjoyed watching Jeff Jarrett try and work the guys through an actual match. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where I, I was watching it more with an eye of, well, let's see what Jeff Jarrett does for private party. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot for private party. He bumped like mad for private party. Um, uh, Private party's problem is they have a lot of spots, but they don't have a lot of flow. Yeah. And there was more flow in this match. Was it perfect? No, by no means. But yeah. um, I overall enjoyed this match, and I, I think Lethal was really the, the ring general here and, uh, and did a lot for them. <laughs> and Sanjay yeah, is I just think, ridiculous.
1: I think Jarrett was only in there for about 90 seconds, actually, in yeah. the whole match. But it was just like he maximized his seconds. Did just enough, because the first time I thought Oh, Jarrett was in there a lot, he did a lot And then I watched it again No, he did a few double team
0: moves, there. took a yeah. couple double teams from him
1: Yeah, and then uh, Did some heat on him during the commercial break Just to slow it down And then uh, came in for the the their, their their double team moves Are a little awkward Because they're trying to combine some things That don't really yeah. combine This, uh, this uh, lethal injection Stroke combination That he tried to <laughs> Didn't quite work. Not but, quite. So, so just overthinking a little bit, but all right. I I am I'm, I'm done with that. Do you think they'd rather work with private party or Ric Flair? <laughs> well that Ric Flair. I think they don't want Ric Flair's death on their hands. <laughs> but I think they'd rather have Ricky Steamboat any day of the week.
0: Oh yeah, sure. Bring it Steamboat and uh I don't know, Nick Aldous.
1: <laughs> <Right. laughs> I'd I'd like if they brought Nick Aldous in too, just start doing this weird uh, All
0: this has a certain presence that I really like. Yeah. Aldous is a guy I really
1: want to like a lot. Anytime I see him, and then when I watch his matches, I'm like, well, he's okay.
0: Uh, but you have a note here under Darby, who is your number five, it says beat Cole Carter. Carter, yay or nay? He's a big yay for me.
1: He's a big yay for me too. I that that match with Darby was, you know, it was good. It was a Darby match. Strong
0: Billy Zabka vibes.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't get that reference. Was-
0: uh, Billy Zabka was your go-to 1980s heel in okay. movies like The Karate Kid. Uh, I believe just one of the guys. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, blonde. I mean, if, if you've seen Cobra Kai, he's, he's in yeah. Cobra Kai opposite Ralph Macchio. You know, oh, okay, blonde, okay. good looking kid. You know, yeah. just basic. But basically everything you hated about the 80s in one right. person.
1: James Spader leaning on a Porsche. That yes. Kind of yeah.
0: Yes. That, that And that's what I get out of Cole Carter. And he was doing the mannerisms great. And the work was great. I liked yeah. it.
1: Yeah. I did, too. I, I hope that he doesn't get stuck in the Camarado rabbit hole that they've got him in. But... Oh, God.
0: Nick Camarado. <laughs> Dude, stop making him an in joke about NXT and just right. give him something. Yeah. Yeah. Because he looks I, like I... a million bucks, but, you know, does it look like Tarzan, wrestle like Jane? <laughs>
1: That's a good line. And now he's doing Razor Ramon mannerisms. And, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: It's weird. But yes, no, I'm very pro Cole Carter. Uh, and he was a little bit of a revelation this week. Nice presence. Very nice. All right. Athena, you would get any more to add on Athena?
0: No, I said all I needed to do, and I I, I loved her this week. I just love I mean I love as soon as I saw Danny Mo put in the mouthpiece, I know she's taking a <laughs> shot to the jaw. And I, I was like, good on her, because yeah. I hope Athena slipped her another couple hundred. In her in her bag or whatever, yeah. For taking that forearm. She started like stiff.
1: she started like three matches in a row with that forearm. So yes. I'm, I'm thinking she's going to start it off with the Mercedes too, and it's going to just be on fast.
0: And then it's just going to be beating the crap out of each yeah. other. I'm here for it.
1: Uh, let's see. Oh, it did bother me, although I can't let the stuff bother me. Uh, I guess just got to let it go about the whole Eddie Kingston storyline. But Athena beats the crap out of Danny Mo after the match. They ring the bell multiple times. Referee Paul Turner is right there. Does nothing. Excalibur talks about how she's risking being disqualified or suspended. She, she takes threatened a swing it, at Aubrey a, again.
0: Well, she also threatened Paul Turner during the match, if you recall. Yeah, Right. Which I thought was badass, but at the same time, makes no sense with the Eddie Kingston story.
1: A, yeah, so I've decided to just delete the Eddie Kingston story from my mind and move
0: it, on. It's long-term storytelling, which means they dropped it completely, and then they'll <laughs> remember it in about six months, and everybody yeah. will think, see, Tony Khan's a genius.
1: Speaking of Eddie Kingston, it's still bothering me that they—I was in love with this weekend storyline they told over Full Gear weekend of him— Finding his way by finally wrestling his hero and finding a Zen state of being where he literally says like my demons, I've wrestled my demons out. I've got things under control. I found peace. And now I'm going for the world title. And then he was never seen again.
0: Well, he's going to come back as a hippie. Hopefully (laughs) y'all, I found my inner peace. That's what I want. Like a flower in his ear. Yes. With that. With that Queens, Brooklyn accent, he (laughs) has.
1: All right, I'll give that a week.
0: Spiritual enlightenment, yo!
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just reading a book with the man scout. Yes. All right, you had Hangman Page rate pretty high. I had him on my number four for the week.
0: I I thought you were going to rank him high, so I I put him high. Uh, I put him at two, because it's always nice to see him again. Yeah. Although... Yeah. I, it, the entire heel face dynamic of this feud right. is driving why me insane. I
1: don't know why Hangman can't just find a bad guy to fight. Like his most prominent feud, the punk feud. Yes, Moxley, like he's just he just find finds someone a bad guy. people
0: don't like and people want to see you beat up. Yeah. I Because that's the problem is the emo cowboy shtick. Right. Isn't going to work on a guy like Jon Moxley.
1: Right, right. Maybe he needs to start drinking again. That's when he got over, was he was taking all the beers from the fans.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite sitcom episodes ever. And it's geniusly written. And you can find it on the internet. It's a show called Titus, which starred Christopher Titus. And the entire, oh, yeah. and the entire premise of the episode, Stacey Keach plays his father, and he's magnificent in the role. But they've all done, they're all doing an intervention to get him to start drinking again. <laughs> because they can't handle him sober. <laughs> That's what I want. I want the Dark Order to come yeah. out and just start shoving Jack Daniels down Hangman's gullet. <laughs> start
1: doing those circles under his eyes again. Like did.
0: Yes. <laughs> Dude, you need to come here hungover so we can yeah. give you the hair of the dog so you can go out there and wrestle a five-star match. <laughs>
1: hey, as long as he keeps wearing those dolly parton shirts and butter you
0: know he, well it's so weird because the things that the crowd loves him for i hate him for like yeah. I, I i hate that he you know everybody oh he's so sensitive you know that's a, that's what kills his aura right stop it. Right. it it's he's he's an ironic wrestler and i don't want him to be i don't need him yeah. look i don't even be wild bill Irwin. don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah but I need him to exude some toughness and some badass. And the only anger he ever had was towards CM Punk.
1: Right. Because he hurt his friend's feelings.
0: Because he hurt his friend's feelings.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't even buy I don't even buy getting knocked out in a match as a reason to hate someone. Yeah. Like, it's just, he knocked you out in a match. Like, that happens. I mean, obviously it doesn't happen in real life that way, but in storyline... Why would I mean, don't get way? me wrong.
0: The the Moxley troll line was great.
1: It it was that, that started the fight. And if Moxley were really trying to be a heel, it would be fantastic.
0: Yes. But God, <laughs> but I mean, Moxley this week, he's not yeah. mad about about where Eagle. He just comes out and goes, I'm the best. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. He's none right of this
0: right stuff right. has emotional resonance with Moxley either.
1: Yeah. Eh. Yeah. He's. And it and I he just needs that vacation, man. He needs yes. to, He needs to take time off. I, Look, I he was at the Twitter. Bengals
0: game today. Let him take I was the entire to bring vacation. That up.
1: Did you see the clip of him? What was the role they were playing? They were like the
0: they were part of the jungle, which is what they do. They bring in a celebrity to start the hootie. I'm a Bengals fan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so so they bring, and I've, I've only been to the stadium once. That <laughs> was a playoff game, but I do know what this is. Uh, K. Adams has done it. ex Bengals have done it. Uh, and and she does interviews now for the website, for the Bengals right. website, like behind the scenes with certain players and stuff, mm-hmm. kind of like she does with AEW, except this is good. Okay. Um, She's a very good interviewer. Yeah. But they come in, they basically rile the crowd up and, you know, start the Who day chant and then uh, welcome to the jungle plays and the team comes out.
1: Yeah. So I saw the clip of him, of them doing that today. And I thought, well, we're going to see how he's feeling right now. Because if he's like more, if he does a better promo for this football game than he has the last few weeks on Dynamite, we're going to know.
0: And it was a big time football
1: game and he had the energy for it. He, uh, I thought he kind of seemed tired there too. He might have (laughs) been. And that's what I was like. Sleepy (laughs) John Moxley. Yeah, he just needs a vacation.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Maybe you just can't get fired up anymore.
1: I was thinking about the, you know, they did the storyline where he and um Mox brawled and then they couldn't be contained, so they were kicked out of the building, right? Which was, you know, a way to have him off so that Rico could come out and all that stuff. The, and all the I was, Chicken thinking and was, Peter Griffin. Just right.
0: Going That's, right. Around
1: the <laughs> That's exactly it. All that uh all that I could think of though was like um Renee was probably his ride. <laughs> so <laughs> So now he's just, like, hanging out outside the, the stadium, like, waiting for Renee to finish work so she can drive him home.
0: And the way they wrote them off, it's just Shivani. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, I heard they're kicked out now. Yeah. God. <laughs> really? But that's, the,
1: that's, the, that's the part I had a... Th- I, had a uh, I wish I'd written it down because it was well more thought out than I'm about to say it. But that Tony writes shows not to tell a cohesive story, but to defend himself against online criticism. So he's not crafting like a really well thought out show of like right. this, you know, the uh, what's the South park rule of um, not yet, not then and, but therefore, but yeah, uh, where there's cause and effect, but okay. Well, we have to have Regal come out. So someone's gonna complain to me that Moxley said if he ever saw him again he'd kill him. So how am I gonna do that? Oh, I know. I'll have him kicked out of the building. And he doesn't. He he write, he back writes it. It's what I feel like is he's he's like retroactively fixing story holes that he sees versus like actually just building a story.
0: Well, uh, there's nothing wrong with that so long as you tell a coherent story. Like like I my thought was he puts he puts the match he wants down on paper. Yeah. Okay, here's where it's going to happen. Now, how do I make this happen? Oh, I know. He'll be cutting a promo and someone will interrupt him and then we'll just have the match two days later. Right. <laughs> you know, that That's kind underpants. of thing. As opposed to writing like three weeks in advance. Okay, week one, this happens. Week two, this happens. Week three, this happens. Yeah. And it builds to a climax. And now we everybody wants to see him fight. Right. Yeah. You know? And they cut promos guy, on each other for three weeks. Runner showrunner continuity cop
1: yeah guy with
0: guy who can tell him no
1: yeah he needs all these a guy with index cards and a bulletin board like just something
0: yes bulletin board as a character bible would be nice you know, well
1: and a and a and a
0: show bible like show bibles too yeah i'm sure you've
1: seen way more of those than me but you know like i you always recall like the armor reading like the Battlestar star galactic when they re booted Battlestar Galactica and, and the, the show Bible came out and it was, you know, the most famous one would be the Chuck Jones rules for Wile E. Coyote. Yes. You know, I, I've read like, those Wile E. Coyote can never, uh, while w- the road he never can speaks. never Yeah. And the Roadrunner can never hurt him. He yes. can only be hurt by himself and right. like, things like that. Gravity and is his biggest foe. Gravity is his biggest foe. Everything he gets is from the Acme Corporation. Like, it's very simple rules. We can tell a ton of stories with that. And um, Battlestar Galactica had a Bible where it was like um, all the battle scenes would be filmed as if they were being filmed by a documentary crew looking out the window of a starship or something. You know, there were just ground rules for like what things yeah. could happen and what
0: wouldn't. Chuck, Chuck Lorre... My ex boss uh, is great at these types of things, um, on on his various shows as well. You know, be it uh, you know Two and a Half Men or Grace Under Fire or, or mm-hmm. whatever. There there are certain rules, and characters can do certain things. Mm-hmm. And this character always has to say something funny. They're never serious. They're never in on the joke. Whatever. And and yeah, I mean, all all TV shows are. No matter how big the writing staff is, the showrunner has the tone. And yeah. the, no more is it prevalent than, say, a Taylor Sheridan or a uh, mm-hmm. Kurt Sutter show. <laughs> like, Kurt Sutter was the Paul Heyman of the S.H.I.E.L.D. writing room. The guy, the guy with the wacky ideas and the, the who needed to be reined in. And then he got Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. And his entire id came out and that's why it lost itself after two seasons and then eventually they found their way back in season five or whatever but it yeah yeah, it everything takes the tone of the showrunner and the showrunner has the big vision and then everybody else goes off and they write episodes to fit that vision to fit into the giant arc within there and there are rules that they have to follow and things like that. yeah i i would love that for aew
1: yeah but at the same time, sometimes he gets sometimes his biggest problem is he has a plan and then people don't cooperate with that plan and he doesn't know how to adjust it.
0: I think Which you I overstate mean. his his ability to plan. I think he has a plan for the pay per views. And yeah, that's
1: kind of what I mean.
0: And he can't figure out how to get there.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's what I mean. Is like okay. I know I know like I think right now he's probably thinking, I know what I want to happen at Revolution. Yes, I know what matches I want, and I know who I want to be the champion. Come out of it, and
0: And a week before he'll decide that he needs to put that in motion. It'll be great. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, there was a build. See, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, my number Uh, three might be controversial to some people.
1: It. I. I am here for it. Let me. Let me hear it.
0: Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway. All right. For no other reason that there was a moment, and I mentioned this on the Dynamite show. Once yeah. they got rid of the Jeff Hardy goofy crap, yeah, or Matt Hardy goofy crap, yeah, and they were both angry heels, cutting a promo there, and Stokely's kind of throwing looks at Ethan, like, can you believe this? They looked like a legitimate top-tier heel act right there. Mm-hmm. And I loved it, because I think Ethan Page... Ethan Page has a talent that is that that transcends this crowd's ability to turn anybody heel that they like, yeah. or turn 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 yeah. you know yes heels babyface. Ethan Page is the guy. Ethan Page is their Tully. Ethan Page is their Miz. Ethan Page is their honky tonk man. Whatever person you want to yeah. use in that spot, he's always just going to be disliked, and that's a talent. And Stokely has needed an edge because this firm thing oh, seems gosh. like the island of misfit toys.
1: Yeah, whatever happened to see you in hell?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> better to better to rain in hell than serve in heaven. I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hell on earth. I don't know, right. but yes, there. There's no big. It seems like Stokely has just decided to drop that plan. Yeah. Uh, but but you know there. There was a moment where it was like almost, and this is always, when, when I want serious managers, I always drop Gary Hart yeah. as a name, because no matter what, yeah. you watch a, an interview with Gary Hart and Abdullah, and Abdullah's trying to make him corpse, and yeah. that's fine, but Gary Hart's always taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah, Abdullah the Butcher will come. (laughs) You know, and it just he just brings certain menace. And Stokely had that menace at that point. Ethan Page had that menace at that point. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is what I want out of this team.
1: Yeah, just a glimmer of it. But and he announced like, well, I'm going to win the battle royal. Then I'm going to call my shot for the week after. After your match with uh, MJF, I'm going to come out. Yeah, I'm going to come out and uh, beat him for the ring. So who knows, that might actually happen.
0: Kind of here for that. If, yeah. And maybe it's all part of MJF's plan.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I just had a horrible vision of Ethan Page coming out and laying down.
0: Finger poke of doom?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Gotta hope not. <laughs>
1: that would be okay. I'll be there for that
0: one too. Um... <laughs> who's the guy who threw the, spindle... the giant cup of soda? Yeah. Uh, that's Kevin. <laughs> hey. <laughs>
1: Give me FTR. Uh, Let's see. You had Samoa Joe as two. Yeah, I had Samoa Joe as number two. Uh, And the main reason for that is because everyone seems to want him. He's got three guys coming after him right now. Between uh, Wardlow just sort of talking (laughs) and Darby. Hold on. You mean
0: Wardlow straight out of a Hallmark Christmas movie? (laughs) Trying to get over that lousy catchphrase of his.
1: Totally is. That's what they need to do. Is he's like the wrestler who got. He's like got a. He's got like a torn tricep or something. So he's got to go. And he's in a small town. Yeah. And this.
0: And the and a girl who's a national news anchor comes home for
1: Christmas. Comes home for Christmas and she just looks down on him and his profession. (laughs) She's so snooty about it. You wrestler, you don't have a brain in your head. And that's what she likes.
0: But then Wardlow power bombs. The- <laughs>
1: her her old uh her, her old, old ex-boyfriend, ex, right, from high who school. Who owns who
0: owns like he owns like a chemical waste company or right. something like that, you know, because because Wardlow loves the planet. Right. Because it's Wardlow's world. That's right. What do.
1: There's <laughs> a photo there's a photo on the uh, AEW Facebook page of Wardlow uh like rubbing noses with a puppy. <laughs> that is like this, it's the poster for this movie, basically.
0: <laughs> oh no, that's what it is. the The, the boyfriend owns a uh, owns a pharmaceutical company, at... and they test on animals. Oh. And Wardlow has to go in there and save all save all the test yeah. puppies.
1: Ugh.
0: <laughs>
1: Book it, Tony. Book it.
0: Has anybody been cool? I mean, Darby's been cooled off, but Wardlow is ice cold. Darby's still Darby though, like people yeah, still love him He Wardlow can always is, get over with just killing himself All the
1: things that people Loved about Wardlow are now the things That people don't like about him, that's what's so weird Because it used to be that he, the way he carried himself And he wore the suits and he was handsome And the ladies love him And he's and like, now he's got a WWE haircut.
0: character in AEW yeah. He's right. trying to get over his catchphrase Yeah he's trying to be you know that that drew mcintyre thing where he's trying to be suave for like a week before they dumped it because they couldn't decide what kind of leading man they wanted him to be yeah
1: and he's not and he's not just trying to do his own catchphrase but he's criticizing other people's catchphrase by 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 trying by trying
0: to criticize joe eh? oh man Warjo, that was a great name he does a don rickles eye roll (laughs) what are you doing at skills comedy now what are you doing
1: Meanwhile, Samoa Joe is just doing Samoa Joe, and that's why I love him.
0: I love Samoa Joe, but there are times where I don't like the evangelical voice.
1: Oh, my oh, yeah, brothers, yeah, yeah. I am the king yeah. of television. I, <laughs> uh, that's true. I never really thought about that. Yeah. Preacher
0: Joe comes out sometimes.
1: That's true. And he learned I, that in NXT. He did, didn't he? <laughs> Mr. Regal, you called ah,
0: me. He needs to add a, ah. At the end. Yeah. Mr. Regal. Ah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, he's got three, he's got Derby on him, he's got Juice on him, and then Wardlow's in the background. Is he, is, I don't know, is it Smojo's time? Does he need to be somebody who's in this position right now?
0: I think he's fine as a, I think he needs to dump one of these belts, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it's probably the Ring of Honor belt he needs to dump. Because he'd make a great TNT champion?
1: Yeah, i I think the Derby match will be pretty fun. Yes, because that that seems like a because that's all
0: going to be Derby running into Joe and Joe not selling or or right. Joe doing the walk away. The way he
1: does the walk away.
0: Yeah. Yes, I'm here for it, this.
1: If Derby does the uh, like missile dive to the outside, <laughs> and,
0: Joe, and Joe just Joe walks just away, and he just runs in. into the barrier. Yes, <sighs> yes. Come on.
1: I'll hear for that. I got to say, I'm not super excited about Juice.
0: Uh I just think Juice is miscast here. Juice is a natural heel.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he can. And I've I've enjoyed some of the promos I've seen of him. But being a babyface against Joe, who is uber popular, no, this is not the way to start him off at all.
1: See, that's what's funny is I assumed he was coming in as like Bullet Club. Yeah, deal, but but the promo was not agent to Jay
0: White or something.
1: Yeah, right. I don't know. We'll see. Rock hard and, juice Robinson. The and
0: now the main player. event.
1: Yes. All right. Yes. We. I've got 15 minutes left before we're over time. We can fill it with MJF talk if you want. We can.
0: Where I, do you want to start I, with MJF? I can't believe I was getting buried for not liking this this whole deal. But to me I it was think, like I think history will prove you right. But it was it was four things at once. Yep. It healed on the company, which yep. is never good. Right. You don't want to hear your champion saying I I hate this title. Right. I hate that. I hate or I don't want to work here anymore. I want I want the other company to sign me. Yes. Yeah, and so I get me. that it's for heat, but at the same time <laughs> mm. Now that Regal's going to NXT
1: Right, right. You think MJF will start name-dropping him?
0: Probably. because
1: he knocked him out. Yeah. I I don't know. I I sent him to NXT
0: to do my bidding, and that bitch better take my... No.
1: (laughs) What if he Uh, had sent sent him off, and they had written him off last week when he was sent away? Yeah. as, As MJF's guy, and then he disappeared. Then he shows up on WWF, and MJF starts talking about how I got my guy over there waiting for me.
0: That's it's probably more suck. heat. It still sucks, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was four different heel things at once when it could have been like one a week. Yeah. He could have done the night the light the line was crossed thing for Shane Douglas thrown out the belt one week, and then everybody's mm-hmm. wondering, well, what does this mean? Whatever. Right. Week two, you you introduce the big Burberry belt. Yeah. Which is. I'm not.
1: Yeah. That's geeky.
0: Dumb. It's like it makes him look like a geek.
1: I hate custom belts in general.
0: I do too. The belt needs to be bigger than the talent in some way to be more prestigious.
1: Right. I look back and I know we're both prone to, uh, old school, go back to TBS and, and set that as the standard. But I used to love it when Ric Flair would call out Jim Crockett.
0: It's an honor for me to work for Jim Crockett promotions the number one wrestling company in America.
1: And I'm also the most valuable thing you have. And you better keep me happy.
0: Yes. And, and that's what he should be doing here. Yes. And he's doing it, but he's doing it in the in that fourth wall breaking wink wink way. Right. Which you're right. just like, eh. you know, the attack on Regal could have been week three, but you need to establish that Regal was comfortable with MJF before doing it to give it that kind of emotion. Because as soon as MJF goes and touches Regal and says, uh, he's basically implying that like Danielson and others disappointed him or something like that. Right. Like Regal was never proud to be with MJF. And right. then and then after that moment he looked disturbed by MJF. Yes. And he hadn't earned that. It right. it was it was just it was a turn for a turn's sake mm-hmm. because people like Regal still, even though he's a villain. And it's just like ah, I think
1: okay. in their mind, the the way that he played it, it wasn't until that he mentioned Danielson that Regal started to look. Like oh, you're talking about my son, basically.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, it's it's but one of those things where Regal they... never looked proud for his actions either with MJF. No,
1: yeah, yeah. And you except needed when, that you needed that MJF. kind
0: of comfort before he mm. turned on him. You needed him to buy into the MJF and MJF really likes me type of thing.
1: Right, but it's kind of like when um, uh, not to compare these two things, but when um,
0: or to write him off at full gear and ha- have him grab the knucks, hit Regal, and then pin.
1: Right <laughs> When um, Edge turned heel And did the whole Judgment Day thing And I don't really watch WWE very much But just enough to keep up And then I guess I don't even know how it all went down But they they turned on him uh, Because he wasn't happy Doing
0: the He wasn't happy doing magic
1: Magic stuff And uh, eventually got his way But the whole idea of the top heel gets. Turned oh, and then on by he came heel. back on a
0: flaming stairwell. That's which... right.
1: In <laughs> vampire music. Yes. Um, but continue. Sir. But the whole idea that the heel is suddenly a baby face because another heel turned on him.
0: Yes, I hate is, that.
1: Yeah. So you made you made Regal dastardly, and then you turned on him, and I think the idea was, he's not the devil. MGF's the devil. He's the ultimate evil. But. You're not sympathetic to him at all,
0: right? No, the and they've done this angle well a few times, where it's like, okay, a heel is learning to be a baby face, mm-hmm. and learning to get the trust of his fellow performers, et cetera, et cetera. After, right. after being turned on by the guy that hurts him, and I think WWE's about to do this with Zane and Ke- Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. and probably a lot better. Yeah, um, a lot better. Yeah, I. Again, you've now shifted, I mean, you've shifted this entire emotional resonance to Brian Danielson getting revenge for a guy who doesn't work for your company. Right. And I don't know what has gotten into Brian Danielson. I don't know why he doesn't want to be a star in AEW. I don't know why he continues to cool himself off in some ways. Yeah. Or make the creative choices he's made or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But this guy should be headlining the company. Yes. And he is kind of, I mean, look, the yes chance, sure, they're from WWE. I get that. Mm-hmm. But why not use the natural affinity people have for him? And instead so they turned him heel. Right. For a while. For a while. And then, uh, I'm, I want to bleed with people. Okay, great. Turns babyface with the Blackpool Combat Club.
1: But then refuses to admit it. Yes. Still comes out the heel tunnel. Still talks. Still talks about how he still comes out the heel tunnel. Uh huh. That's the thing to talk about, and pretends that was kind of the whole gimmick with them. A little bit was, oh, we're heels, but you just love us. Like, but we don't. You know. Yeah. I'm villain. I'm a villain, and all that. And it. And I think you know there was the. Danielson has said in interviews that like there he tells this story about um getting like psychologically evaluated. Like they evaluate all these stars in uh, WWE and they were tested in different ways about their personalities and things. And his score on ambition was the lowest score of any any of the active wrestlers. Like he's one of the least ambitious people in the world. And the way he would explain it is I'm very driven. I'm very driven to be the best I can at what I do, but being a star isn't, he doesn't consider that part of what he does. He considers himself a wrestler and he doesn't, it's, and I bel- it's, it's, I've always, he's always fascinated me because people that don't have that drive to be a star usually don't become stars, but he's become a star despite that.
0: Yeah. And look, I believe it because I, I've watched uh, the first wrestling road diaries with uh, Colt Cabana, Sal Renaro, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and Brian Danielson right before he got signed, or it was, he failed his physical and he's still working the indies before he mm-hmm. goes, something like that. And on a lot of the extra stuff, he he's really just, hey, I do this because I love it. Right. But I don't care about all this other stuff. I don't care about being this, that, and the other, and things like that. But at some point, <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) you know, I mean, Tom Hanks could have been aw shucks. Yeah, you know, I love doing bosom buddies with my pals and stuff like that. Right. I don't need to do movies. Yeah. And we would have lost all. All you know. Look, I don't think a lot of Tom Cruise's recent performances have been that. Or Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks's recent performances have been all that great. Mm -hmm. But he has a legacy. Yeah. That is deep and rich. And we've got to see all these things from him because he chose to do it. It's almost like Brian Daniels is healing on people who want to see him to succeed. Well. <laughs> yeah. I and just, his
1: comparison is really interesting because he's one of the most beloved people by the fan base as a person. Yes. And they, people, they, they, they will give, they they will love him for whatever he does. If he just wants to go out and do a meaningless match that's really fun with Dax Harwood, people will love it. And that. it was a fun match. It was really fun. It meant nothing to either yes. person's. It was side missions. Yes. And That's
0: the other problem.
1: Yeah. Everybody's on a side mission. And and, and,
0: and, yeah. and that's my overall problem with AEW is that like you're watching and going, okay, what is the point of this? Why am I watching this right now? What is this building? Who is this building right now? Right. Now we're just putting on fun matches for the crowd and entertaining people. Well, this is a television show. That's supposed to have a point. If you're just going to ambiently do like a lazy river of wrestling. Yeah. where it's like people What's just... your gimmick. <laughs> yes, the lazy river of wrestling. Chris. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, fine. I'll watch the best friends fight right. the Dress as lumberjacks
1: and bring axes to the ring.
0: Yes, every week. And watch them be geeks and do the same match over and over again. But there's no point to this. I mean, like Orange Cassidy is fine being a. <laughs> this whole thing is just not caring. Right. And we have a company full of people who don't care.
1: Yeah. Or they just care about their. I They care about their thing. They like care about the thing, being on TV. This is what I'm into. Yeah. This, this is what I'm into. And I'm going to do that. And they just get they just.
0: And like, they get pissy if they
1: don't. Ethan Page is working a storyline with Matt Hardy that supposedly they're completely conceiving and writing of together with no input from anyone else, so all the Matt Hardy stuff in Ethan Page is stuff they're just coming up with and doing, and it's not leading to anything. They're just having fun with each other,
0: yes, and that's that's <laughs> you need to have a you need to have an end goal and you need to work towards that, yeah. And instead it's just like, well, we're gonna do some fun stuff and we'll see where it goes and we'll gauge the audience and it's like... right.
1: which brings us to the elite, fighting forever <laughs> 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 I just feel like I've, I've already pre-written the description and I said we were going to talk about the elite and and uh I, you know
0: my favorite moment of this match was the end where Kenny's trying to break up the pin that Matt, that Matt Jackson is doing. Right. <laughs> that tells y'all he's cutting yeah. a promo in the ring with the Death Triangle in there, and the Death Triangle art getting up and punching him in the right. face.
1: That was a mess because now you can hear. I don't know if you caught this, but the whole thing was you know a mile a minute. Yes. And
0: good night, good luck. Right.
1: They they jump out. Uh, they I guess uh, Kenny and Nick do dives out or something. I don't even remember what it was. Matt, it's a blur. Matt is laying on the ground. pot goes to the top rope. There's a big dramatic dive out to the outside, and I hear Rick Knox on the because I listen with my headphones so the whole house doesn't have to oh. so a lot of times I can hear you just hear some of the stuff that's kind of buried in the mix if you know and you hear Rick Knox go, let it breathe to pack. <laughs> He's up on the top rope, getting ready to do his big move. And then they cut to the outside and there's something happening outside. And when they cut back, Pac is no longer on the top rope. He's just standing down. So apparently he just like climbed down because they told him. And I heard Rick Knox go, you have two minutes. (laughs) And so Pac's just like, okay, well, I guess I'll do like three moves on him. And he does like three moves on him. And meanwhile, everyone outside is ready for the finish. And they are not clued in on the time. They don't know why Pac is suddenly not doing what he was supposed to do. So then Pac comes up, they do the finish. And then, then I think as they were celebrating, Rick comes around and says 40 seconds. And that's when Omega grabbed the mic and did the the thing. So I think they just screwed up the timing and only a couple of people were clued in on how much time they have. But that's kind of the thing, was they just got going so fast. It's the opposite of All In, where they just ran out of time.
0: Very early in my Dynamite uh, show career here on mm-hmm. the lovely fight game media, I, I brought a reference over from Shake Them Ropes to describe AEW as a jam band type of yes. federation.
1: Yes, the string cheese incident.
0: String cheese incidents, government mule. Make your, I like traffic. Take your pick. Yeah. This was, the jam band was told to do the radio edit of their song. <laughs> and they had yeah. no idea how to do it.
1: They're like a jam band fronted by Yngwie Malmsteen.
0: <laughs> you need to explain that reference for people. Like,
1: <laughs> Yngwie was like the, you know, the Eddie Van Halen was the the first, like, big, highly technical guitar genius. And then the school of Joe Satriani and yeah, Steve Vai, Yves Moundsteam and he's like kind of sort of prog rocker guitar soloist virtuoso guitarist that would just do all this crazy fingering and tricks like that and, but it wasn't very melodic there wasn't really a song it just was like showing off <laughs>
0: that's, oh, that's perfect just watching <laughs> guys shred yeah is he, hitting, is he hitting chords or anything? No, he's just doing a bunch of crap on the guitar. No man, but he's shredding it. Yeah, and that's what this was. Yeah. Where, Whereas you'd think, you know, it's still a story about a hammer.
1: It is still a story about a hammer. And I will say this. I've been saying this a couple of days. I've been bored by these matches, watching them on TV. I don't know why they did seven, because they're basically... Doing the thing where the kid wants a beer and you're giving him an entire six pack in 15 minutes to teach him never drink again. And this is gonna rec- this is gonna end up in people being sick of the style.
0: Are the but the, but I mean, we're in, we're through three matches. Yeah, and the stakes aren't escalating, no. and they're not getting angrier at one another. There's no, none of that contempt no. is building in a rivalry type of thing just right. yet,
1: except between partners.
0: Yeah, and they're not cutting promos on each other. Nope. To to say these things. Yeah. So this is just, we're putting on a good match to put on a good match. And so the, you know, the message board newsletter types will give us five stars or four and a half.
1: But I couldn't tell you why. I I will say that all, all this said, I am looking forward to seeing match four in person.
0: Yeah. Be a I bet in person
1: these are great. I bet as a spectacle, it's going to be wow. If you've ever seen yes. Kenny Omega, I will be very blown away by it. I probably will not be able to describe to you the story of the match.
0: Like, but if I, this seventh match is not insane. Yeah. And just guys throwing their bodies all over the place, this well, is going to be a worried, disappointing.
1: What I'm worried is they're going to start bringing in, like, like, make it like a ladder match or.
0: Oh, putting in uh, 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 stipulations?
1: stipulations?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, me too. Because I'd much rather, I mean, I I wouldn't mind, like, okay, match five or match six was a stipulation match? Yeah. Maybe? To Mm -hmm. to shake it up like it's a ladder match or something like that. That'd be fine. Yeah. Because I remember in the Magnum TA, Nikita Best of Seven, which is probably the most famous of the Best of Sevens. Mm Mm-hmm. They did do like uh, they did they do a, a Russian chain match, chain match yeah. in there, yeah, and that that was okay. But the rest of it was based on the drama of these two just hating each other, right? And I want to see the hate, but I get the feeling we're going to get the 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 dark or not the dark order, the House of Black involved in this somehow. Oh gosh, yeah, and that's how we transition away from this. And you're just like, all right, well then, what was the point of that?
1: Right and then what does everyone do yeah i don't know we will do kenny and kenny and will at the tokyo dome and
0: and the buck's doing bad drama (laughs) with the hangman again yes furrowed brows furrowed brows and puppy dog eyes and yeah sad nods and all that other stuff (sighs) ah I'm sorry I've depressed you. No, this you used haven't to be a happy me. show till I, I was on.
1: I appreciate it. I I uh I enjoy I enjoy thinking about what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. And uh that's part of my enjoyment of it.
0: I just my overall problem with AEW right now is that nobody seems to take this stuff seriously. Yeah. And play it straight.
1: And that's what I I'm almost afraid. We you know, we talked uh a couple of weeks ago, we talked about doing like a rewatch of like some of the COVID era stuff. Right. And as I was thinking about that, it, it does sound fun. It probably will be fun some weeks and not fun. Some other weeks Um, is if I were to start watching this from the very beginning, like start with like August, 2019 and watch that first six months up until the pandemic started, I probably would become depressed about AEW. Because those early days, they it have... was
0: like early nitros.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Or it's like, oh, you're gonna have th- these guys from ECW coming in, and you know, right, right. Ray Mysterio one week, Chris Benoit the next, Dean Malenko the next. After that, Eddie Guerrero the next. After that, oh, goody! You know, I'm here for that.
1: Ah, oh, and I just miss Cody. I hate to say it. What he brought...
0: I was thinking about that yeah. the other day.
1: What he brought. Was important. he
0: brought simple storytelling?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, yeah. not everything hit, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but the stuff with, I mean, I was watching, I mean, it was, it's been a year since that flaming table spot
1: I with know. Andrade. Yeah, that and, seems like a long time ago.
0: And I, the, the tweet went something like this This guy gave his body for you jerks and you booed him out of the company. Yeah. And there's a point to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know, it's not that it's not that everything Cody did was fantastic, but it was different in some ways and would be a nice change of pace for the show. You know, okay, here's the here's the super indie, you know, party match. Here's the southern style angle type of thing. Here's right. the main event match type of thing. So you'd have different plates. Now everything mm-hmm. just kind of seems like the same type of thing with a lot of dives and a lot of you yeah. know and, and a lot of you know hokey stories for lack of a better term i mean every, everything yeah. everything about like the hardy family office and whatever the hell roosh and and that group yeah, is yeah. doing yep. and the dark order and and the best friends and their axes right You see, because they didn't understand that lumberjacks don't literally come down there with it. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah. Although I did laugh at Danhausen's mini axe, his little I, his little hatchet, his little yeah. hatchet, I I liked that a lot. But at the same time, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, and why do we have Kevin Thorne and Spider Nate Webb on the outside? <laughs> That's so random. Of these things, it's, hey, look, it's, they're just Easter eggs to put out Easter eggs, and there's no rhyme or reason they're, to they're this. They're just
1: planting seeds for the eventual uh, CZW feud down the road. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you you just kind of miss the, all right. These segments are different. These segments are different. These segments are different. Now everything's the same except for at six twenty, you're Pacific. You're going to get something having to do with the women's division,
1: right? Right.
0: And Jade Cargo, whatever the hell they're going to do with her.
1: No, we didn't even get to her. All right, we're a little over that. time. Yeah, sorry. Is there anything you want to hit before we uh,
0: nope wrap it up?
1: Nope. All right. I appreciate you uh, filling in. I could go full jam band and do this for three hours.
0: I could too. I had fun.
1: Yeah. Someday. Someday. Uh, we'll, well, we'll probably do a uh, year in review show at the end. We did that last year and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So might somebody do needs
0: to organize that now though. Cause it's December. <laughs> I'll get on that.
1: I'll get on Thank that. Thank you. All right. Uh, you want to, where can people find you?
0: at crap game 13 on the Twitterverse. I snark about wrestling there. Uh, I also do a show on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network called Shake Them Ropes with Chris Novembrino. We cover mostly stateside wrestling, both AEW and WWE. Dear God, this Iron Survivor match. <laughs> We're going to have to live through this and the
1: rules. Is it one match or is it an ongoing thing?
0: It's one match. Okay. I th- I th- it's I a lot think. like the TNA King of the Mountain match. Okay. <laughs> And I don't say that in a positive way, but we'll probably be previewing that this week. In addition to any news, I'm sure he'll have some opinions on Regal. I think we both called this that this was probably a write-off of television in general, but uh, we'll see what happens there. You can find that on all your podcasting feeds as a show, or you can just listen to the entire super feed of Voices of Wrestling if you don't get enough content for Fight Game, which is all great stuff.
1: All right. And uh, I'm Kevin Ely. Uh mostly on Twitter if you want to talk wrestling, but I'm Kevin Ely everywhere if you just want to talk about life. And
0: uh I'm like what, Kevin? I
1: wanna what what should we talk about? I'll talk to you about life. My dogs. Okay. I'm just saying if you go to my Instagram, you're not gonna get any wrestling content. You're gonna get <laughs> photos of my dogs and my daughters and uh and like a Bible verse here and there.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe so, I'll do that then.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's it Uh, next week. I don't know if James will be back next week. We'll hear, hopefully you'll hear from him the next day or two. Uh, Wish him well. Guy's got some back issues. Oh, no. It's it's hurting him bad. Hurting him bad. So hopefully. Once the
0: back goes, everything else goes too.
1: Well, we hope not, but we'll see. So, yeah. So next time we'll probably talk some Ring of Honor. I'll give you some lowdown on the time I had where I had lunch.
0: Have fun.
1: Thank you. I will. I will have fun. Good. Yeah. And uh, that's it. I will talk to you guys next week.